Hi, I'm Michael Hartman. I'm Naomi Liu. And I'm Mike Rizzo. And this is OpsCast. A podcast for marketing ops pros. And RevOps pros. Created by the MoPros, the number one community for marketing operations professionals. Tune in to each episode as we chat with real professionals to help elevate you in your marketing operations career. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of OpsCast brought to you by the MoPros. Today, uh, I'm joined by Naomi Liu, Mike and Mike Rizzo. I'm Michael Hartman. Say hello. Happy New Year. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, 2022. I'm calling this the this... year of marketing ops. Are you now? Yeah, it's the year of Bold the marketing statement. ops professional. That's what it is. Okay. Well, I think we're going to get into that a little bit, but I think before, but just before that, I wanted to, so we are recording this, we're sitting here recording this on January 7th, 2022, and I hadn't looked back in a while, and our first episode of OpsCast was on January 15th, 2021, the day before Mike's birthday. That's right. That's why I remember it. <laughs> Happy early birthday. Ah, thanks. I'm excited. So, I, it's hard to believe, like a year, like it. I actually, I actually thought we started later in 2021. I didn't remember it being January. So, yeah, um, I didn't either. And and back then we were doing like the radio style version, right? With that startup that pivoted away from from the platform, and and so we had to go back to this like sort of podcasty, still radio feel, but you know, more more like prepared kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. And I think it set a tone for us, right? I think I still, I still, when I, when we talk to guests and potential guests, I still want it to feel like it's as if we had an audience listening. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. In real time. I, I prefer, I like the vibe that we have. I mean, I know I'm biased because it's our show or whatever, but <laughs> it's like, I appreciate that about it. It's a little bit more organic and not so uh, produced, but hey, high production quality shows are also like really easy to listen to. Right. So yeah. To each their own. <laughs> All right. So Definitely. 2022, what are we doing? Yeah. So the year, the, the year of the marketing house professional. So yeah, you, when we were talking about what we could talk about today, we, we said, you know, we saw uh, someone who's been a guest, Daryl Alfonso recently published um, on the martech.org website, an article about his predictions for 2022 and markups. So I'm just going to read through them real quickly and then we can jump into sort of a conversation about what we think of these. So number one, a rise in VP and director level marketing ops roles. Number two, formalized training for marketing ops. Number three, marketing ops will overtake advertising ops. Uh, number four, account-based marketing will be owned by marketing ops. Number five, marketing ops will become the first or second marketing hire. And number six, data privacy will become a marketing ops core competency. So, um, oh, Naomi, initial reactions. What do you think? Any anything that's missing? Anything you uh, you think is uh, we should do a deeper dive on? Um, yeah, I like this list. Um, a few of them catch my eye. Definitely. You know, we had been talking about some of these topics before we started recording. Um, the one that it definitely kind of raises my eyebrow is number six, um, which is the data privacy will become a marketing ops core competency. Um, because for me, at least within EFI, it's been a core responsibility for myself and the team since day one. So I'm curious now for companies that don't have this as a core competency for marketing ops, where does that sit? Um, and would love to kind of talk about that with the two of you a bit more. And then, you know, maybe we can just start off with 
first in the list about the VP and director level marketing ops roles. Um, can kind of dive right into that one. Yeah. yeah. I, that number six, just, just to latch onto that for a second, like, yeah, I, that caught my eye too. Um, I feel like it already is a part of the function, right? Like it's, but it's also um, incredibly important for, for the, you know, the C-level uh, CIO, right. To pay attention to data privacy. Um, and so while it might be a core competency in that you understand it, it doesn't mean that it's just owned by that uh, department. You know, the, the whole org is sort of responsible for it in different ways. Uh, but like, the alignment therein with that CIO level role, I think is going to increase, uh, if, if anything, like, um, there, I think the C-suite will realize and the marketing ops person will be responsible for, you know, Hey, this tool has access to our data. And, and so how do we make sure that, you know, we're, we're compliant and all that other stuff, but, but yeah, um, let's jump in. I, I'm, I'm good to jump in with the Ryzen VP stuff. Yeah, so I'll give you my. This is the, the number one is the one that I probably um, that caught my eye the most, just because I'm not, I'm not convinced that I think, I think the director, senior director roles. I think definitely those. There's been more and more of those. I, I am hopeful that there's more VP level roles, but I don't see that in 2022 personally. Um, one of the things I do think is a potential is sort of uh, VP level roles that combine marketing ops with other functions within marketing, maybe even to the level where, you know, we, I have seen some more of this where, you know, we're seeing people coming out of marketing ops being elevated into overall marketing leadership. So what are your takes? I'm curious what you, what you, I think about that. Like, if do you think the path to, I, and I know that we had Vivian on as a guest, and we had an episode around that. Like, the path to CMO is via marketing ops, but not everybody in marketing ops wants to be a CMO, right? Totally. Agree. And so, when you talk about a VP of marketing ops role, you know, there you think about like, okay, so what does that mean? Does that mean like expanded responsibility or expanded like team functions or whatnot? And you know, does demand gen fall? under marketing ops i don't know if it does and i feel like you can argue both sides of that right because i some people may say well marketing ops is purely a um a, a technology and a uh, technology adoption enablement data hygiene data management um uh, function within an organization demand gen falls under head of marketing potentially, right? So then if you do VP of marketing ops and how is that different from a CMO or head of marketing general? Yeah, I mean, I I think that's a great question for for everyone to try to answer. Personally, I agree. I, I don't think while the path to CMO might be carved through marketing operations, certainly not everybody wants to be a CMO. There's a broad skill set that needs to come from the rest of that T-shaped marketer band that that not all marketing ops people really want to jump into. Um, and then for VP of, you know, marketing operations. Yeah. I, I don't think that they are necessarily I, personally, I wouldn't see that as uh, overtaking responsibility for demand gen and those kinds of things. I, I see it as, you know, it's a technology role that, um, is looking to understand the momentum and direction of the business objectives and needs to 
build a roadmap for technology to help achieve set objectives across the organization. And that's alignment between, you know, sales, client success, uh, IT and marketing where they're saying, Hey, if we want to grow in this market, you know, by 20% this year, uh, there's these different levers that we can pull on because the, the that particular market responds in a different way, or we need the right tool to, to be compliant inside of another market. Uh, and so I need to build that roadmap. Um, and, and it's really a, just a technology function, um, a throughput and adoption function to make sure that these tools are actually doing, you know, the thing that you're, you're saying that you want them to do. Um, but, certainly not responsible for driving pipeline, right? It's, it's, I see it as like a throughput kind of function more than anything else. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the point about, um, not everybody in marketing ops wants to be a marketing generalist leader, right? I think that's totally a valid point. Part of this is probably coming from me that it's, um, in a couple of my recent roles, I had traditional marketing ops, but I had stuff that I think would traditionally not fall under marketing ops. that was under my responsibility. One was an inbound SDR team. Um, and, 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 and one was digital, uh, in particular paid digital kind of stuff. So um, that's, I think part of it is cl- a little bit just from my own personal experience too. I mean, I would love to be proved wrong on the VP thing. I do think it's it might be somewhat related to point two about um, you know training as well, or maybe more pointedly like a, I think, and I've thought this for a while in marketing in general, marketing apps for sure is that I think there's a bit of title inflation that has happened simply because that was the way to get people paid what was appropriate, regardless of whether or not the the title was appropriate or whether or not that matched what they actually did on a day to day basis. Mm, if that so makes it was sense, like, right? It was like so, trying to adjust, take using title to get to the pay. <laughs> yeah, that's so. I, I, yeah, I, I could see that happening. That's unfortunate <laughs> that that happens. <laughs> I think when it comes to training for marketing ops, though, is like it's also important not to forget that there needs to be education and training around the organizations and the people that these ops folks will report to, right? Because you can train all these folks and then you have all these people, but if nobody understands like what they do and there's no like education around the benefits or any of that, then it's kind of a moot point because then it it's just you're hitting you're going to be hitting a wall constantly, right? Or you're always going to be trying to upsell yourself and the within the organization trying to prove value when there's a lot of other organizations within a company that you don't have to. Like sales ops generally doesn't need to, right? Mm. But marketing ops is always this uphill battle. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would yeah. yeah, I can see that. I um I was recently talking to Daniel Murray who who has um you know his podcast for um marketing millennials. Um, and one of the things that he's, he's definitely a marketing ops guy, right? I think he's going to join us on an episode at some point here too. And, um, we'll talk shop a little bit, but one of the things that he, he shared with me was this idea that, um, you know, while not everybody wants to be a generalist, some of the standout marketing operations, uh, experts out there, actually have a broad spectrum of generalist capabilities and understanding that really set them apart. Um, and I tend to agree with that, right? Like some of the real standout marketing ops folks that are not just deep technologists in Marketo or, or a particular um, platform, um, they have a broader understanding of, of the function across marketing and how they all kind of interplay. 
that doesn't mean that you're inevitably going to become a VP or a CMO, but um, it certainly is one of the core kind of skill sets when you think about training and kind of upskilling and leveling up to start standing out in a marketing op function. It's really a good idea to go look at um, even to your point, Naomi, right? Like, how are you going to interface with the rest of the team, your actual core team on marketing, if that's who you're kind of reporting under, if you're not like in a RevOps org or across teams, like a sales team and IT and client success. And so, you know, I agree with that. I think that some of those standout marketing ops experts are really broadly skilled. Um, but yeah, the, the training and the, the kind of upskilling stuff, you know, obviously here with MoPros and what we're working on, like we certainly want to create more opportunity for people to learn. And so that's a mission of ours. And I, you know, I selfishly will agree with, with point number two on that article from Daryl to say like, yeah, I, I personally think that there's going to be more training and upskilling because this community is literally building it every day. So this is, you know, you know, spot on, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, anyway, it, broad skills are, are definitely important for, for growth and marketing operations. No, I, I agree with you. And I was, as you were saying, I was thinking, you know, we've got, we've had a couple people and we've got some more lined up or getting lined up to kind of tell their story. And it's, it's another thing, right? These people who started, um, I can't remember some, one of somebody was started as doing paid search and, you know, other people started in sales. And so, I think there's not a path, but I do think that I have thought even from way, way back in my career you know, that when I was basically doing programming in the oil and gas industry, like I want to understand this code I was writing, like right? how does it fit into the, how the business operates and makes money, right? And I think, yeah, that, that whole understanding is part of what we want to get. Hey everyone, it's Mike Rizzo here and I'm, Interrupting your episode to bring you a brief message about, you might have guessed it, Mopsapalooza 2024, our second annual conference held in the vibrant city of Anaheim, California. We're hosting this hybrid event from the 5th of November through the 8th, and we would love for you to join us in person in Anaheim. But if you can't, please join us via live stream, courtesy of our sponsor, Excelevents. We're excited to offer an opportunity for professionals just like you to connect, learn, and grow among the best in the industry. Our event promises to be a highlight of the year, offering invaluable professional development experiences, live workshops, and of course, networking with your peers. Don't miss out on this incredible gathering right next to Disneyland in Southern California. Tickets are going fast. We will cap registration at 700 attendees. Secure your pass by visiting marketingops.com today. And we're looking forward to welcoming you to what is guaranteed to be an unforgettable event. It might just be the best event you've ever attended. But don't take my word for it. You can ask the community at any time. We'll see you there. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree. And it's funny, like right now, as we're recording this episode, uh, within the last, you know, 24, 48 hours, Jen Bergeron, who's a wonderful contributor to our community. And she, I think she's currently employed at remote-ish. She actually wrote an article. It says my career journey into operations and operations origin story. And it's got this wonderful graphic. If you could picture this, like, uh, what would normally be a straight line in the middle of that straight line is this like super chaotic, like, like, ball of string <laughs> and then the arrow comes out the other side <laughs> and i feel like the journey into mops is like that for a lot of us it's a really great visual and um you know i'm excited to learn from some of those guests but 
yeah, without a doubt, like you, you kind of pick up a lot of different things along the way. And then some of us just fall right into it. <laughs> so, um, all right. So I think it sounds like we're sort of, sort of have a couple of different views on point one. Like what's the next one? I, I, I actually had, um, on, on the last point, I did want to add like the thing about, um, privacy and that kind of stuff. I've thought for a while that part of my role was to be the advocate for the customer and their privacy. And one of the, one of the teams that I actually enjoy working with a lot, maybe it's because I'm married to one is the legal team, right. Mm -hmm. And attorney. Um, but, um, I think that, you know, we always talk about like marketing ops needs to be connected with the rest of marketing sales and sales ops and maybe finance and it, and I think legal doesn't always get included in there, but I have always like, that's one of the first places I go and, and it's for two friends, right? One is for, I think, privacy guidance and things like that. The others, like we're often doing contracts, right? And so mm -hmm. um, just, you know, getting to know them is a, is a key part. Yeah. I, um, uh, on the legal side of things, like when I was, when I was back in my last role, I was actually just building community and um, <laughs> I went to our, I went to our page or legal kind of privacy page and it hadn't been updated in like i don't know eight years or something <laughs> and and uh and i started kind of making a stink about it i was like hey you know this stuff we need new t's and c's on here because we're launching this community and it means a bunch of stuff and and yada yada and i started asking all these questions and and you know at the end of the day you're when you're interfacing from a marketing ops it doesn't matter what your role is i happen to be in a community role when you start to bring in legal you are doing two things, right? You are becoming an advocate for the safety and security of your organization. And people don't like asking those questions, like all the way up through leadership, they'll like sort of avoid it, right? Like, I mean, I know leaders at the C-suite will care about legalese and making sure things are right, but there's so I, much. I have a story that I can't tell you about on on, on this. <laughs> you but... can't. You can't say that. You can't. You know, oh, now everyone's no, gonna. No, you can't. can't, you can't, can't drop can't. that. No. 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 That's like say I. You know, I have a really like important surprise, but I can't. At, tell you. At, at, at winter camp or summer camp, <laughs> I'll share it in person. In person thing, yeah. Not recorded. Oh, okay. On but all so right, yeah. Right, so right. you know. Even at the C-suite, they're they care about it, right? But they're they're incredibly busy, and so it's like easy to forget, conveniently forget to start asking these questions and trying to poke holes in it. So the first part is that when you start paying attention to that, you become a business partner in a way that is looking out for the security and longevity of the business, which is huge. And if somebody doesn't recognize that value, like that's a fault of their own. And then the second part is that, to your point, Michael, you are becoming an advocate and a champion for the customer. So you're making sure that the customer is also being taken care of when you think about data privacy and compliance and security and all that stuff. So if nobody's asking the questions and you feel like something is awry, like bring it up because you're, you're creating a strong relationship on sort of both ends of the spectrum there, the business and the customer, the customer is never going to thank you for it, but, but hopefully the business will. So anyway, that was my two cents. I totally agree. Um, all right. So let's, should we, should we move on to, we kind of touched on number two, the formalized training for marketing ops. I don't know that I, I tend to think that actually will take hold as well. We've had guests on and um, I really don't have any, anything to add to that. You all have anything? 
Not so much on my end. No. Nah, I'm good. Let's just move yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can tell how much we planned this in advance, right? All right. So this is one, I think, Mike, you might have the most to, to say on this one. I don't know, but this overtaking of advertising ops, it was one that, that, that one stood out to me because I was like, for me, it was sort of an out and left field one. I didn't really, I would not have ever thought about that as a, uh, as a thing that kind of we touched on. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I probably have stuff to say about this because I come from ad tech and I've spent some time in, in organizations that did display ads on networks and mobile. Um, so ad ops is a very different thing when you're inside those organizations. Um, but when you're talking about advertising operations within an embedded org, like a, you know, a software company or just a, you know, where that's not your, your core competency is not to do display ads or, or what have you. Um, I can see why marketing ops will overtake a bit of the advertising ops in terms of, again, sort of getting back to this idea of like throughput and managing the tech. And that would be purely because um, it's about like management of lead sources, right? And management, it's not like you're in charge of the budget or you're in charge of the AB test or, you know, the results necessarily, or, or not necessarily the results, the, the next test that you want to try. It's that you're in charge of, did you actually set up the infrastructure properly for us to be able to report on this? And if you didn't, then I need to be the one sort of implementing it or making sure that the person who's in charge of doing the implementation on the ad ops team is aware of the, you know, the UTM sources that we use and mediums and all that other stuff. Um, are the images compliant, right? If you're in a legal field that requires certain imagery and certain language to be on your images, uh, when you think about it, like a, a company like Intelligence Bank, who's a you know digital asset management company, we talked about episodes before, there's this whole kind of component of ad ops and marketing ops that comes into play there. And so, yes, I can see it overtaking that in that regard, but certainly not uh, from like the demand gen kind of sped perspective. Yeah, and I was what I, where my head went to was when I saw that was oh maybe this is tied to the you know the the cookieless you know kind of world we're supposedly going to right so yeah that's actually a really good point too when you start thinking about creating your own kind of network your own private party set of you know data then yeah I could see that I didn't I didn't even consider that what about you Naomi are you going to take over AdOps at EFI? Highly doubtful, no. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, yeah. I mean, never say never, right? But For sure. You're not out there trying to build build a, a kingdom yourself there? <laughs> well, what's interesting... It doesn't start without ops, so... It doesn't start. <laughs> <laughs> what's interesting uh, is that, you know, the, I think the article reads, like, today's hype is in B2B, in B2B focuses on things like ABM and community building and product-led growth and all this stuff. But yet, point number four was that account-based marketing is now going to be owned by marketing ops. <laughs> and so uh, this article, you know, Daryl touches on some pretty hot hot topics, some that are a little bit little bit, you know, out there maybe, uh, at least in some of our opinions, but account-based marketing being owned by marketing ops, like 
is it not sort of already like a component of it? Like, I don't know. Is that a demand gen function? I saw it under demand gen in the org that I was at. So I, I'd be curious. So I haven't actually, I mean, I'm familiar with it. I have not been in an organization, quite honestly, that was like really ready for it. And part of why I resisted it in the past was not so much because of the technology and marketing ops being able to sort of support and enable it. It was more because the coordination and the and alignment and the sales sales team's readiness, right, to do things like identify the top accounts you want to target, right, which is a really critical first step, really wasn't there. And so I think marketing ops and or sales ops or rev ops are all make sense for it, depending on how you're structured and how you're going to market motions, what they look like and where where you think you're going to get the most value if you're particularly talking about the technology component that will support it. Oh. I, <clears throat> so as I clear my throat in everybody's ear, uh, Sorry, I, I had dogs barking in the background already. I know like semi live show folks. Um, right. Just yeah. like in episode one. That's right. And the episode with Daryl, the fire alarm went off. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, yeah. So account-based marketing, I, executing on abm i don't know naomi i don't know if you have you done any execution or your has anyone in efi done execution around abm yeah we've we've had a few false starts um but that's something that definitely is a focus for this year and um you know a lot of it is bandwidth to be honest yeah bandwidth and resources and you know developing these huge programs um so yeah we have had a few false starts but i'm hoping that for this year this will be the year third time's a charm this year so instead of the year of marketing ops <laughs> it's the year of abm for efi <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but not at ops not but not at ops <laughs> no <laughs> um yeah i so the message that pulls through from both of you for me uh as it relates to abm and at least from some of the like examples that i've seen of this is that it is like i can see marketing ops owning the data part of it and helping to enable abm uh, by aligning with, you know, sales and so forth. Um, however, execution of ABM, uh, requires a lot. It's a lot of project management. It requires resources and it requires, you know, literal people time. Um, and then there's sort of like a fulfillment component. Usually ABM comes with some air cover strategy on the digital side, as well as like a little literal physical product that gets sent out, that's a pretty strong tactic for folks, right? They ship a, you know, a hat or a swag box or whatever to somebody. Uh, and that stuff is not owned by marketing ops, right? Like that is owned very much by a go-to-market team, field marketer or ABM specialist that's probably on the demand gen side. Uh, so I, yeah, like to some degree, account-based marketing can, from the data side can be owned by marketing ops, but certainly not on the execution side. Like that's a totally different thing. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, Naomi. So you said you're going to be going for Tem Three. Like, what, what, what do you anticipate your role or your team's role will be in that? On the ABM side, um, yeah. so a lot of it is like education, like the you know the platform, um, how we can use it, guidance, um, you know, walking hand in hand, lockstep with our with our demand gen team to figure out what accounts they want to target. How do they interpret the data? You know, what is the cadence with messaging, um, message drops, like, you know, what channels we're going to target, things like that. So. Okay. So are you involved at all with coordinating, like with develop 
development of like the target lists and or the no. account assignments and they, okay. No. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I won't know the, um, the accounts as well as our sales teams, for example. Sure. Right. Yeah. That's is, I think this is going to be a really interesting one. And I, it, it may be, maybe Daryl's onto something in terms of like, maybe it depends on the type of company, like size, stage, structure, right? That may have a part of this as well. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I don't. I want it to be scalable, right? So I want to build that framework that we would then be able to identify accounts that the sales team and our marketing leads identify and enroll them into these ABM programs um, and not have it be so specific to one individual account, right? And um, I'm there's a layer or two removed from me and the customer in the sense that, you know, I don't, while I know the data very well, I don't necessarily know the nuances of every account, especially our named accounts and strategic accounts, right? So. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, so let's hit one more. And then I, I have a kind of an open-ended question for you at the end here. Um, so the last one is marketing apps will become the first or second marketing hire. And so I think this is probably applies more to early stage companies, but you know, do, what's, what's your take, Mike, you've probably been in more early stage companies than I have for sure. Naomi, I don't can't remember. I know you've been at EFI for a while. So um, what's your take on that? Do you think that's, do you, are you seeing that shift happening, Mike? I, yeah, I mean, I, I I waver back and forth on this. There's a part of me that's like, hell yeah, <laughs> like that's awesome. Like that's that is. I think just because I'm a marketing ops person, right? I'm like, yes, that sounds great. But uh, I also happen to be a bit of a generalist, right? Like I I I can do paid ads, you know, not as well as someone who's really an expert in that. I can do email marketing. I can do a number of things. So I'm a bit of a generalist. And so, but I try to look at it through the lens of marketing ops, right? Like how do we build something that's more scalable and not piecemeal? Uh, I don't want to create chaos (laughs) uh, for someone to manage later. But I, the reason I waver on this is that like, I don't know that someone wants that responsibility. Like maybe the second hire is marketing ops. Uh, If your first person who's leading marketing is the generalist that can do a lot of the sort of building and execution type of work, uh, and you're relying on this marketing ops person to do maybe just a little bit of that fulfillment, but a lot of the foundational stuff, then sure, they could be the first hire. But like, more than likely the business is going to want to see results from, you know, go to market activities. And that, that like, if we're going to advocate for marketing ops to have a definition, <laughs> it is not to be responsible for go to market activities and doing demand gen, right? It is, it is purely not demand gen like focused. It is a part of the infrastructural system to make sure all that pipeline works. And is scalable, right? As you want to add more programs on. Uh, And so for it to be the very first hire sort of seems daunting. I think if someone who is really a marketing ops person at their core, that isn't a generalist that doesn't want to dabble across all those different types of activities, um, they're probably not going to want that role, right? Um, So I I waver on it. I see it being a second hire. I know Daryl commented about Dave Gerhardt 
sort of calling attention to the importance of marketing ops, which is great. Um, you know, we love, we love big, big voices like that saying marketing ops is an important critical function. Uh, but I think the reality is, is that the business needs have to be fulfilled and that isn't necessarily what marketing ops is all about. Uh, it's a, it's a component of it, but certainly not the go-to-market stuff. Yeah. So I think I took that his post or his comment there to mean, um, the first hire after a head of marketing. Right. As right. opposed to the first marketing hire, you know? So yeah. Yeah. No, and that's how I interpret it see, too. But, okay, so you, but every in, in head the, of marketing doesn't necessarily do, I know a lot of heads of marketing that don't want to do execution. Right. Like agree. Yeah. They want to, they want to have agencies and contractors and things to do that because they have a vision of what they want to build out and that's fine. Right. Like you've reached a level and you want to do that and you've got the buy-in and the budget and you built the plan and you want to execute on it. Great. Go do it. But if you don't have some of those other things in place, like there's a big caveat to that first hire. If you're going to be that first team hire, there's probably some other function that's already contracted or being fulfilled by that head of marketing. Right. That that's sort of where I was coming at it from. I agree. So, yes. There's a head of marketing yes, first. Yeah. So, so, so maybe there's, maybe this is linked a little bit to kind of the first couple of things we talked about where, you know, a lot of marketing ops folks don't want to be a marketing generalist, but then there are going to be some who are, maybe this is the opportunity for them to, yeah, if they're, they either came up through marketing ops and want to have a more generalist, you know, they're sort of a tech savvy marketer at that point. Um, yeah, that may, I, I could see, I could see that happening for the, the portion of marketing ops folks who are interested in doing something like that. Um, I, I, I think I, but in general, Mike, I think I'm with you that, that it's more likely it's going to be a more of a marketing generalist that happens to have some tech savvy as well. That's, for sure. that's my take. But I think I think the the point of an early hire needs to understand ops and technology for the marketing team to be able to scale over time and do and get it set up as good as possible as early as possible is an important piece. Yeah, yeah, I totally I totally agree with that. But that also means that you don't spend a ton of time just building dashboards and reports, right? <laughs> like that's not you could build, like that's not the that's not super mission critical to like an early stage company right like oh the dashboards have to be perfect <laughs> right probably not worth uh, it Naomi what do you what's your thought on that one um I think like one of the responsibilities for the marketing house person that gets hired is going to be the tools that the company uses too right so I think that what you said earlier about the person needs to have a high tech high aptitude for technical knowledge. Like who is actually going to be responsible for that? Is it going to be the head of marketing or is it the marketing ops person? Right. So I think there was a there was a um, a discussion on the Slack channel. I think it was last week maybe about how um, and maybe Jeff was the one that posted about it, but it was about how the technology that's within an organization is going to be there longer than the people that are there. Right. Mm. So yes, the person can be a second marketing hire, but are you going to have like ten years from now the legacy decisions that they made at that time, or like what does that look like? Is it cart or horse, right? Is it the technology that comes in first and then you hire the people to run it? Or do you hire the person to come in and then implement that technology and make the decisions that this is what it's, what should be good for the business, right? Um, those are all questions that, and maybe it's the, maybe the, maybe the thought is that, okay, yes, you, you use agencies and you manage those agencies first until you determine like what's best for the business. But, you know, it's all a, 
That's a good point. About, that's a good point mm-hmm. about the like the legacy of someone's decisions on technology or process or anything else are going to outlive their time <laughs> in a lot of places. Oh yeah, yeah. Without it, I uh, yeah. I was I was once told by someone who ended up replacing me that we connected, and the person said, "Hey, uh, thanks for all those workflows, man." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, uh, nice. <laughs> was that that I set them up correctly, or that you're like super pissed that you can't untangle them? <laughs> Were you being sarcastic, or? Yeah, and I so I, I sincere to this day. I still don't know what the actual intent of the comment was, but it, I was fine with it. It's fine. We're friends. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Okay, so we, I think we've run through all those. I'm curious to know if you think if you were to be, build this list, is there something that is not on the list that you would have said should, will likely be a part of the 2022 marketing ops landscape? Naomi, your thoughts. Mm. I mean, I I think I think this is a pretty comprehensive list. I I think that the data privacy piece is an important one, um, especially as more and more countries um, adopt stricter compliance laws. Right? It's it doesn't usually go in reverse. You know, Canada is not going to say, you know, Castle, forget about it. Let's just like scrap it. You know, it just it gets more and more complex, right? As as you know, there's more things that are connected, more data just exchanges hands, and I think that's an important piece. Um, I would definitely, I would almost even expand on that one personally. So, just my two cents. Yeah, that's a good point, Mike. Uh, I would say it's sort of it, it sort of goes back to this commentary that was happening on LinkedIn a week or so ago, where someone was suggesting that there will be a, a larger shift of marketing ops roles into rev ops, people moving into rev ops. And, uh, they were sort of asking the question, I think of yet another poll, right? Um, is that really a thing that's going to happen? And what a LinkedIn poll? <laughs> what? Yeah. What? <laughs> um, I, my response to that was, uh, I don't think that people will move into RevOps uh, like in large numbers this year. I do, however, think that there will be some sort of, let's refer to it as like downward pressure from, or like organizational pressure. If you don't want to, you know, if you want to be flat in your org structure, (laughs) organizational pressure that comes on to marketing ops to start looking at business objectives and goals holistically across the org that sort of forces the decision of a marketing operations professional to decide if they need to take on more responsibility as a RevOps kind of person, or if there needs to be some sort of restructure to their role or department at large that eventually begets a change into RevOps. Uh, And if somebody is feeling that sort of pressure in their function as a marketing operations person, they're either going to decide to make a shift and go find a new role uh, that either suits their marketing ops tendencies that they prefer to stay in, or they're going to advocate for one or the other internally, but it's more going to be about the organization asking for those responsibilities of marketing operations that's going to increase this year. So from a prediction perspective, I would say, Yeah, like organizations are going to start looking to marketing operations as one of the channels or one of the teams that they need to lean on to try to implement, you know, larger organizational kind of go to market objective fulfillment 
Um, and that'll sort of force change in, in new ways. Interesting. So the, the two things, and I don't know how strongly I feel about these, to be honest with you, like, that I think I would, I, I, I think I see bits of these coming. Uh, one, one is just more of a focus within marketing ops on reporting and analytics and the skill sets behind it. I think it's becoming like, I think we've had so many conversations about whether it's attribution reporting or other kinds of reporting analytics that that is a skill set, like understanding data, understanding statistics, understanding analysis is a skill skit. I think there's a skill set gap within marketing ops that needs to be filled because there's going to be more and more pressure to provide timely act in quotes, right? Accurate reporting. Um, and, and, being able to then feed that back so we can adjust. So I think, I think that, and maybe that's just me being hopeful. I think, I think it's a skill gap that needs to be filled. That so it could be tied to the education. It could be tied to kind of how uh, it could be a standalone thing. The other one, and it's I think it maybe related to the first point. You know, I'm I, I haven't seen a lot of these, but I've seen a number of I've started seeing more scenarios where there are roles that look a little bit like marketing ops or sound a little bit like marketing ops, but are really either whether they're titled this or not are like a chief of staff for head of marketing. And and why I think they're different is because what they do is they, they typically will have ops and tech under them. But the thing that gets under them that is a little bit different. And I think it's been a missing part for a lot of marketing organizations is overall project management program management within the marketing team and the place where sort of big picture strategic projects that don't have an obvious other leader within the marketing team to own fall on that person. And I think it's a natural progression for someone in marketing ops who probably has a process orientation anyway to take on a role like that. So that's my other prediction. There's I more, see more of those, but I don't know that it'll really take off this year. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree that that's a possibility. Um, I think every team I've been on and I, you know, I've been on small growing companies, <laughs> uh, mostly for all my career, every single one of them needed some form of project manager to try to step in. Um, and we never actually had a dedicated function for that. So inevitably it was like me or someone else that would do your best. Right. <laughs> but yeah, right. I, yeah. on the side, <laughs> yeah, on the side, we, you do your best. Uh, and yeah, I could definitely see that. Uh, or like Naomi, happening. where you outsource it to the IT project management team, right? <laughs> it's not that I outsource it. They actively want to be involved. No, that's so. great. That's incredible. Yeah. I love that. But I think that's, I think that's highly unusual actually that like, mm -hmm. uh, so those last two, it's, it's my, not without, uh, it's not without a lot of work though on that relationship part of it. It's oh, not just like something that just comes that just came by accident. So mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, may, and maybe my two predictions are me also hoping that those things will happen. So, <laughs> um, I just, I see, I, I have seen enough of that where I do think that there's going to be, there's going to have to be, there's going to be some more movement there. Um, anyway, well, I think we've pretty much exhausted that. Any other final thoughts on this topic of what do we think the marketing ops landscape will be in 2022? No, I mean, no, I think, I think Daryl's article was great. Um, 
I, you know, I'm looking at the landscape myself. Um, I think Franz, the, you know, gentleman that you've spoken to on his podcast, yep. Michael, um, he, he talked about a couple months ago, there's like over 12 million global professionals now that have, uh, job titles that specify marketing operations. Now I, I don't that's exactly crazy. know how he pulled all that data together, but like, that's pretty impressive. And I took a look at the job market for the U S uh, on December 27th. And I looked at the last 30 days of posts, there were over 46,000 jobs posted for marketing operations. When you type that in just in the U S alone. And when you look at them, like, and you start breaking them down, like there are over a thousand of them that are executive level jobs, which is pretty impressive. Right? So I don't know that that number will shift, but I think we're going to see a lot of job posting and a lot of gr- i mean our hiring channels popping off every single day there's like five sure. new jobs so from a prediction lots more uh opportunities especially as we continue to sort of stay remote right but yeah, yeah I think that's, the market is insane the demand is insane so 2020 or 2022 the year of the marketing operations professional i'm saying put it out there Here we go <laughs> cool all right well, Naomi, Mike, thank you. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. I can't believe it's been almost a year since our first live session. Um, anyway, so also to our listeners, thank you so much for supporting us, continuing to provide us with great ideas and feedback. And for those who are guests, um, thank you for, for being there. And those who will be guests, we're looking forward to having you on. Until next time. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.